0: May all beings be happy may all beings be healthy may all beings be free from harm may all beings of life may all beings awaken welcome to another Cuke audio podcast maybe a mini podcast or a medium podcast or a mini medium podcast i'm dc poop of Cuke audio and archives and i pray that you are, and yours are Safe and comfortable and free from economic hardship and able to get out and do whatever it is you want within the limitations of the universal precept of do as little harm as possible. So, uh, today we're going to have a uh, brief life in Bali without a guest. I should do a guest. Our yoga teacher has agreed to be a guest, she'd be great. She is sharp. She's from Java, and I especially asked, well, I asked her to talk about her, her, you know, her uh, religion, which is Islam. Uh, And, uh, you know, we meditate together, do yoga together. She's very cool. Uh, But that's not today. Uh, Today, I'm going to talk about uh, Shiva Buddha. Um, which is a big deal here, uh, and um, and Shiva Buddha, you know it. It's, it's really old, and uh, uh, it got really strong in Java, you know, centuries ago. I don't. I'm not researching. I'm going to give you all the. You can you can, you. There's stuff in English on the online if you want to know all the data on it. Um, or even if you want to even know the essence of it I'm just going to tell you my experience uh, uh, it, it's um, I do remember uh, learning that it was strong in uh, in uh, Indonesia and Cambodia and and it still persists here I mean in in Bali a uh, Buddhist big deal in Bali. you know it used to be, uh, all indonesia used to be buddhist the biggest Indi, uh, the biggest buddhist um mm, uh archaeological site in the world is uh, bodh in uh, uh near jogja Jogjakarta, uh and that, that's a, a great place to go to, and there's a lot to see around Yogyakarta. It's very cool. There's Hindu and Buddhist stuff and some interesting museums, and it's a neat town. Uh, it's a, it's more sophisticated than anything in Bali in many ways. But um, anyway, uh, Mako Vocal uh, has been our guest. She flew off today for a brief visit to Japan, and... Um, uh, you know, she's the uh, she's been uh, a teacher or, or the teacher and maybe a teacher at the Austin Zen Center. And she's been there for 10 years, and she is moving to San Francisco with her husband, Joel. I think I mentioned this just maybe yesterday, in uh, uh, January, and then she's going to become the habit of the San Francisco Zen Center, Ziti Center in March. Anyway, so while she was here, wanted to... Uh, you know, experience some things uh that, you know, aren't on the normal uh tourist uh track. Although the normal things are good to do too. Um and she was here three weeks, but could only do so much. Uh you know, something like coming here for a week. Good lord. Just you just unpack and then well, time to pack again. Um and uh, one thing that really cut into her time was uh I got hold of uh, Murta Ada, the uh, founding teacher, and really the only teacher in Bali Usada, uh, which is a sort of healing meditation thing. Uh, the, I really enjoyed uh, their retreats, uh, and he was uh, Vipassana trained, and and uh, he's Chinese Indonesian, and you know uh, grew up around. Oh, He always had a mentor who was a Chinese herbalist or something. Anyway, so I, I, I got hold of him and I said, um, I told him who Mako was, she was visiting, and could, he, could she meet him? He said, Well, I'm going to Forest Island, their retreat, and we start a Tapa Brata 1, which is the first level of retreat for them in two days. And he said, It's full, but I'll fit her in. And uh, And uh, he gave her a discount for the uh, – she she went there on Sunday and we picked her up on Saturday. It's in Tabanans, sort of big, beautiful country, rice field terraces type place. We always like to go to Tabanans. It's very large. I mean, for Bali, it's large. Anyway, so she spent a week there, you know, and she just had two other weeks. So uh, one thing – Uh, I arranged for her was um, through uh, my friend Tomas, who's been coming here for 45, 48 years, mainly living here, uh, and doing, um, you know, we came here building stuff like water systems, hydraulic pumps, um, helping communities with uh, infrastructure and Stuff like that. I mean, he just came as a student because he wanted to get away from riots in America back in the in the early '70s anti-war riots, and uh, there was a you know a volunteer thing. So um, he got involved in a, a, a town that's sort of remote. It's the least touristy part of Bali, and and my uh, my assistant Goose uh, who comes here like once a week when he can. Uh, he was doing it all through COVID, but uh, uh, now uh, you know the uh, the echo uh, the, what's it called? The floating leaf echo villa where he works is full again because we've got tourists, and so he can just get away sometimes. Anyway, um, that's Bangli, which is one of the regencies here. In and so Tomas got involved with uh, some a family there, and it, to him, they're his family. And now uh, his his Bali brother married a woman who um, got interested in Tibetan Buddhism and uh, got a, uh, a a Rinpoche as a teacher, and and she got involved and interested in Shiva Buddhism and. Um, now, he didn't like that, her husband, but eventually he got into it too. And now they're both priests. Uh, they're Hindu priests, but they're sort of reform Hindu priests. Um, uh, and, uh, and they're into Shiva Buddha. Uh, they are recognized. They, they happened to, to move to a house in the... In Denpasar, a lot of people here have, a, like, a home in Denpasar and then place to stay where they came from. That's just very normal. Because you got to go back home for ceremonies, and they do that all the time. It's, um, uh, you know, some people like to hire Muslims because they don't have all these holidays. And not just holidays, you know, every, you know. Somebody turns six months old, a baby, uh, somebody dies, whatever. Everybody from your village has to return to it for these various ceremonies. You got just constant ceremonies and offerings and stuff. So anyway, um, they uh, they moved like just right next door or near the, the headquarters for the Bali Hindu Association, or whatever it is that sort of officially recognizes what's Hindu and what's not. Like, um, you know, it, when they first got involved, it was more progressive and more inclusive. Uh, the the uh, tendency in modern times around the world as for everything to get more tribal and exclude exclusive. You know, start excluding. Uh, mainly those that are closest to you that's happened in in uh in Islam here there's different types of Islam there's much more open uh, uh inclusive islam and you know some of the best ones they've been like defranchised as it gets more uh, conservative it's still it's still um uh, it's it's still probably the the most um overall uh, the most inclusive and open Hindu uh, um, Islamic country in, in the world. And it's the, it the biggest population of Muslims of any country in the world. Anyway, um, so they're, they're on good standing with the uh, Hindu Association. For, for instance, the, the Hare Krishnas have been like decommissioned. Uh, They're still going, but they have to go as, you know, if if you don't get recognized as them then you can sort of go as a social group. Uh, You got to be something here. You you can't, you know. Well, anyway, so she's into this Tibetan Buddhism. She's into the Shiva Buddha. And uh, her husband is. And uh, we call both of them Bhagwan. And priests, no priests here are called Bhagwan. Uh, and um, so uh, Tomas wanted uh, Mako and me to come to Bangli and hear about that, and we did that, and that was very interesting, Uh, and we did a puja together, which is just a little ceremony. Mainly we meditated, uh, you know, and she showed us a book of, uh, you know, it's a sort of esoteric book people don't see, of all the mudras and stuff they use, like a hundred different mudras, and I don't know if that's the Shiva Buddha mudras or the just the general uh, mudras available to Hindus or what. You know, I can't keep up with that stuff. And they had gee, all sorts of stuff on the altar and, uh, and so much symbolism and uh, <laughs> anyway. Uh, we' spent a few hours together had a wonderful lunch uh vegetarian uh brown rice uh and, and salad and you know not your normal affair here uh and when I say they're sort of reformed priests so the Shiva Buddha thing is one thing that's not that's not um that's not a problem here because you know Indonesia was Buddhist and when the Buddhists were sort of, uh, then it became Hindu, but it sort of absorbed Buddhism, which Hinduism did in India. Um, and, you know, sort of saying, hey, you don't be, you know, priests don't have to be celibate. You can, you don't have to be celibate to get enlightened. You know, you can have families and everything. You know, chill out. Um, which I sympathize with. Uh, and uh, so, um, I I'm, what what happened was um Hinduism survived here and uh, and there's in a few other small places in Indonesia and um Islam sort of devoured it elsewhere which um uh, I imagine uh most American Buddhists think was a terrible thing, but actually. It, in many ways, it was um, a liberating thing because, you know, religions get old and you get all these things you have to do, and the women and the men have different roles and stuff. In uh, Islam, uh, it's, it's a little more uh, simple in many ways, uh, not so demanding in many ways. It depends on what type it is. But. Um, You know, women were not necessarily worse off under Islam than uh, under Hinduism. But I don't really know the details on all that. So anyway, uh, the Shiva Buddha thing's okay. Uh, One place in which they have to be careful what they say and do and talk about, and, and we were careful in we didn't really talk about it much because it's a delicate subject is the subject of money, because my impression of Hinduism here in Bali is that it's uh, a way for priests, uh, especially Brahmin priests, and the only traditional priests here are Brahmin, to maintain power and make money. And it's, it's very complicated. It's tied into the banjar, the neighborhood associations. But people have an enormous amount of obligatory payments they have to make. And there's uh, one of the f- first things I learned when I was here, our, our, our housekeeper, Kadek, her husband, Katoot, was our first driver, would drive us, you know, uh, to, you know, sightseeing and stuff. Uh, and... Uh, he took me to a Hare Krishna thing and we went walking in the, this big park in town uh, with a big vajra in the center. Uh, and People go there on Sunday and walk around and there's, you know, little bits of food. We hung out by the Hare Krishna tent because they gave us bubur, which is like a porridge, and we listened to them uh, blissing out and all that. But anyway, he liked Hare Krishna. He's not Hare Krishna. He's still going with the regular thing. But he said, they don't charge all that money. There's not all the obligatory payments. And he said, a lot of people have gone to them uh, because of that. And he said, "Uh, but a lot of people have just become Christians. Very few Hindus opted to become Muslim because of uh, uh, wanting to escape obligatory payments and stuff like that. I'll give you an example. Our... Uh, we have a substitute housekeeper and our regular housekeeper comes three days a week. We we pay the same. Everybody comes six days a week, you know, all day. And they just get this small amount of money. So right from the first, we told ours, and, and this is required to have the resident visa. You, when you get a visa, you got to show the card for your housekeeper um, to, to get it extended or whatever. Anyway, uh, there's another one that Comes on Thursdays, Cadet comes Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And the reason Cadet comes on Thursdays is and she had lost her job during COVID and we we, we knew her because she worked in this place down the street and they just didn't need her. And she didn't have any money. She she was, she, so I said, well, you come here? Well, you know, work one day a week. Now give me, you know, $14 a week is what I gave her for coming here. And that's, good. that's all they pay for a carpenter or whatever, you know, so that's good. And uh, she would have done it for half that. Uh, and um, so that helped her get by and then she got another little job and she's, uh, you know, I, I got, she's in a better situation now. But now we don't want to let go of her because she's such a good cleaner. Uh, she's a real professional hotel worker and Cadet uh, never did any of that, but we never never worked for any foreigners or anything. She didn't know a word of English. Actually, could too, Darlene knows a word of English either. She's just used to it, dealing with people. So anyway, she had to go to Singaraja up north a few hours. We're on the southern end. It's on the northern end to a mass nabin. Now, nabin's a, uh, a, a cremation. And uh, mass, I think it's actually called... Masa nabin or nabin matza, it would be nabin matza, or something like that, meaning a lot of people, you know, so it's really taking from the English word mass. Uh, which, um, so uh, she said there were a thousand people. Uh, so you know what happens here, a lot of people, when they die, they bury them and wait till there's um, a mass cremation because they can't afford a single one, uh, so they do it together. And then she told me, I can't believe this, really. I, I still, this. Is, she must be wrong. What each person was paying to be part of this. 50 juta, that's 50 million. That's $3,500. And it's like, you know, you gotta do it. That's what's done. And you know, if you want your relatives to be reborn in the right way or whatever, I can't keep track of all the stuff they believe in. Uh, or that they don't necessarily believe it. It's like they go together like a stream, just doing these things. They're not heavy on belief. They're heavy on just doing it all, doing the ceremonies and this and that. In the meantime, the priests you gotta constantly be given money. Um, And I told her, that's not religion, Katut. That's business. Those are business people you're dealing with. Don't do that. Drop out. You can get cremated here a lot cheaper. There aren't cheaper cremations. They're just not Hindu. Um, But anyway, uh, God. All right. I know this is off the track of the Buddha Shiva thing, but all right. I'm talking to another person. Our landlord's son. He's got a little coffee place he started. Uh, that's on the road out there, and he might sell a few things in a day, and he saves his money. And he said he might get a million together, which is like seventy dollars, and then the banjar, the neighborhood group, will want it. For saying he he has to pay it, or uh, you know. Uh, or, you know, there's some ceremony coming up maybe they're administering it or something. Uh, and he said uh, if he can't, that he, he has to pay. And uh, there's various ceremonies and things. Uh, but he, he said when when somebody dies, you know, the whole banjar goes to the um uh, uh, to a, memor- a memorial or something for them. Or there, maybe it's it just, I believe you'll see a whole group of them walking down the street uh, with the gamelan and the ka-chang, kachang and the drums and everything. Now, I'm not, I, I think there's something that happens before the cremation. Some of them might be those, if they're more fancy, might be just the cremation. He said they're obligatory. He says he gets fined if he doesn't go. That's like everybody in the neighborhood. Uh, a Banjar is like a, uh, let's see, Tomas had a good word for it. Um, oh, yeah, I remember. Um, I've I'm, I'm called Banjar's villages, and that's what they're usually called. But Tomas said really a better word is hamlet. Hmm. Uh, it, because they're not real big, and we live, oh, I love the name of ours. It's Blanjong. Uh, anyway, Um. so everybody in <laughs> Blanjong, he said, well, I have to go to these things, and he has to go, or he gets fined, and he has to pay this money. And anyway, so these people that we were with are reform priests. They are not Brahmin. They're Kshatriya, sh- sh- or whatever it is. I, I might be mispronouncing that. That's the warrior class, or maybe even some of the kings and stuff, the royalty. And it's very rare. Almost everybody here is Sudra, which is the servant class. Um, and uh, I mean, almost everybody. And you know. It isn't like India here, or some places been in India. They they mingle, they intermarry, and there aren't there, that does have consequences, but it's not like you have parents hanging their children for marrying outside of caste like can happen in India. Um, mm. So anyway, uh, I tried to talk to them about that, about— and I talked to them about coming and speaking to our landlord and his sons and everything, because— when our landlord tells me he can, you pay some more rent. Can you buy another year or two? It's ceremonies he wants it for, right? I mean, he also has sons that are since COVID just the income dropped so much, and and there's that. But he, he, he frequently talks about ceremonies, you know, money for that. And a woman down the street, she has a nice villa, you know. There's a whole big family living there during covid i'd go by her little uh, vegetable stand and she'd say uh, could could you uh, pay in advance for some vegetables i i, I there's a ceremony coming up uh, and um, mm, anyway so uh and um so there are those people i know who say that the hinduism bali is bankrupting people uh, but I think almost bankrupting. The other side of that, though, is that it holds the culture together. This is st- such a strong culture. So you got to be careful when you want to get rid of things, not to get all revolutionary and go wiping everybody out that does something you don't like. What it is is adjusting the balance, you know, tweaking it, fine tuning it. A lot of times, small changes have big results. Um, the, You know what it reminds me of is the mafia, or not the mafia, the Yakuza in Japan. The Yakuza in Japan does very, very bad things, and uh, they really, they shouldn't be allowed to uh, there's this whole romantic thing about them, like they, they walk on the sunny side so the regular people can walk in the shade. It's that bullshit. They screw people over for money, you know, in numbers of different ways. Uh, and they're much worse than, than knowing people who are in gangs here, who are like normal people who are polite. And uh, But anyway, you know, sometimes yakuza will get out of hand, like in Tokyo. Maybe they'll be having some gang war or they'll, they'll go too far with some stuff, be screwing people over in some way. And so the police will have to clamp down on them because the politicians are clamping down on the police. And the police know the Yakuza almost everywhere. They're um, mm, rather close. Uh, the right ringers, the police, the Yakuza, they're the uh, triple whammy in Japan. and But you can't get rid of them. You know what happened when they clamped down on the accident in Tokyo? Street crime goes up. (laughs) That's right. They keep the peace. (laughs) So the same way here, uh, maybe I'm being a little too critical of, uh, you know, the Hindu situation here. I mean, I talk to Indonesians. that feel, well, it's not too much. I can do it only because. But actually, the last one that was telling me that was Brahmin. (laughs) So... He's a beneficiary of it, but uh, maybe, maybe, uh, I don't really understand what's happening here. That's, this is just stuff I've witnessed. Um, so, all right. So after we met with our friends and heard about, uh, Shiva, Shiva Buddhism and, uh, you know, the Tibetan Buddhism and all that, and, uh, looked around. It's a pretty nice place. They have guest houses. They've built a little community area. They're they're having a school in there. They're very nice people. We went, now we got there in about an hour, which is great. I thought it would be a lot further away because nobody goes to Bangli. So um, uh, then we went to this place called Buddha King to meet with a high Shiva Buddha priest. And this was arranged by the the sister in law of Bali's sister in law of the the woman in that couple. And um so we drove there an hour and a half, uh, which was I call it was like uh you know, i I always sit up front, uh, if I can. And uh I arranged the the uh ride. We used Koma regular driver our long distance driver and uh, it's like I call it the Bali theme park ride. It's got these little roads through villages and things and uh, you know constantly passing cars and they're very cooperative here so you pay, you got things coming towards you but they slow down and you get back in front of them and keep going and all these motorbikes and stuff and not too much because we're out in the country but you know finally we get there and uh We meet with them. We meet with the priest, very nice fellow, uh, and his wife uh, at their home, which is quite a a large sort of compound. Uh, And we spend hours sitting there. You know, we got tea and little goodies to eat. And, you know, Mako talks about, you know, they wanted to know about Zen. Also the people before had asked us about Zen, our experience. So there was some give and take there. On this one, there was too, but we heard from them about what they do, and um, their schedule is full. Uh, he showed us the calendar. Uh, they got very special calendars here. They have all these good days and bad days, and ceremony days, and all this stuff. When we got when Katrina and I got married here, the the uh, Banjar, where we used to live, Sindhu, the black magic capital of Bali, um, uh, we talked to a guy from the Banjar, and it was just like one day uh, that was good for us to do it. And so we got married at the beach, and they took care of sort of the traffic. uh, And uh, There wasn't a lot of traffic or anything. You know, we had 30, 40 people there. But anyway... He showed us his calendar, and they were doing something every day. And they said they could not say no to anyone. So all these people, zillions of people, thousands of people, come to them for ceremonies, for family problems, and this and that. And they'd set aside this time for us. Very relaxed, not a care in the world. Uh, But that's not unusual for Bali. But... you know, then we see not only are they going all over Bali, which is the size of Marin County and Sonoma County and Northern California, uh, they're going to other islands and doing things. I mean, um, and you know, it's very interesting. Then he takes us and shows us the, uh, his um, temple area, the, the Pura. Like every home has a shrine. Well, not only every home, every car, the Hindus, every business, every building, every motorbike. I mean, they call it uh, the island of uh, 10,000 temples. Baloney, it's 10 million uh, because they use the same word. <laughs> the little shrine is bigger one. All the little ones you can call Sangha, right? Just like the Buddha Dharma Sangha. Uh, and. Um, so there were all these shrines. They're, they're sort of standing, um, um, you know. They're standing up on a like a pedestal, they're, and they're pretty tall. Like them, maybe about they go up about maybe eight feet, uh, and they have you know like carved wooden, you know, nice work boxes and statues are are. Uh, mainly not statues other things they represent different things you know this is for uh this is for ancestors this one's for shiva this one's for, uh you know different things i can't remember oh and we saw one sometimes they have uh, one for god uh it's empty <laughs> just like islam huh i never heard so much mention of god from Buddhists and hindus and you know uh that's um because it's a uh, 88% Islam country. And you can't get recognized as a religion here if you don't have God at the top. So, Buddha's a God. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, <laughs> Hinduism can, can take its pick. They can say Brahma's a God. But um, sometimes there's just an empty shrine. And this is for God, Tuhan. So uh, we had a wonderful time with them. They served us a great dinner. You know, uh, their their helpers brought it out and we sit there and you know everybody's eating with their hands. So, but they also give us uh, utensils if we want them. Uh the main utensil here is a spoon for eating. They're not so much into forks. Uh I think forks are good for eating a salad, but spoons are much better for rice. Good lord. Anyway, so we spent all day. So have you learned anything about Shiva, Buddha? No, neither did I. It's all ceremony. It's all mudras. It's all, look, Shiva is the reincarnation of what? Krishna or something, right? No. I mean, she, Shiva and Buddha are both the reincarnation of the same thing. It's all you know, myth. and uh, The the reason I can't remember that now, I'd I'd have to go back and Google it and look it up, is because I'm not really interested in myth. I'm interested in it sort of anthropologically. You know what I mean? I'm not interested in understanding in in Japan, um, the Shinto stuff, but I like it. And I'm not interested in understanding the... Uh, <laughs> yesterday Monia called, said uh, Bali Hinduism is sort of pagan, uh, you know. It's it, there's a, a lot of animism. I I'm I more or less just absorb it. And we oh the 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 priest did a Malukat with us, which is a purification ceremony, and that was great. We've done them before. i mean, Katrinka and I have, but uh, Maku never had, and it's really neat. Um, uh, you know, it's this there in chance. And, oh, boy, it did all these cool mudras. And, you know, then they sprinkles us with water. And then there's water. They pour it in your hands and you drink it uh, just a little bit. And they do that three times. And then uh, the next time, or maybe it's the third time, you put it on your face. And maybe you do that twice. And it puts rice on your head and rice on your forehead. Very similar to other ones I've been to. And uh, he would really had some chanting stuff down, done. But um, Shiva Buddhism, I, I mean, it, it's it's like I said, it's ceremonies, it's mudras, it's it's um, magic, it's uh, myth, it's believing things. And I love to visit. I love to be there. I love to meet the people. But I don't need to understand it. There's nothing there I have to remember. It's just like moving through. It's like going through a garden. You go, oh, this is cool. I don't know the names of the flowers and the plants, but I love to be there. I love the people here, and I love the way uh, their uh, Hinduism, their Shiva Buddha, which is quite a big deal, quite an influence even for those who don't think about it on on the Hinduism here. I love it way it holds the people together. Now Japan is held together a lot by uh, Shinto and Buddhism and all that, especially Shinto, I think, uh, and and their culture and uh, all the things they do together and their social, their enormous social pressure, right? But Bali, they're more into it. Uh, I don't. I guess there's social pressure, but they're more into it. And the kids aren't cynical, and uh, uh, there's they're not. You know, I never was in a country like this where you pass young men, and they're friendly and and polite. And the kids, especially kids from Java, when you meet kids from Java, they take your hand and put it to their forehead. You know, because they respect adults and. So there's many, many good things. But for me, there's nothing to believe in. But I'll tell you, that's the same way I feel about Buddhism. I'm really not interested in understanding anything anymore. I just like looking at it. (laughs) I heard that yesterday. Somebody said, their Spanish teacher. God, who said that to me? Their Spanish. Oh, Andrew Atkinson. We're going to do a podcast with him. He said his Spanish teacher, and he speaks fluent Spanish, at one point said, for things you can't control, the best thing to do is just to bear witness, just to observe. All right, now I have gone on for almost 40 minutes with all this. I did not intend to do this. And let me tell you, I'm not going to go over it. I am not going to edit it. I'm going to put... bell. I'm I'm, going to put the uh, gamelan music in front and behind. And I am going to go to bed. And I will uh, join you at another time. And uh, thank you for letting me (laughs) tell you about this, tell you about Shiva Buddhism. You can read about it. Go online and read about it. Um, You know... Uh, That's not what Buddha is to me. But I don't know what Buddha is to me. Um, Three things. One is Mako did try to ask him about practice and study uh, and sutras and uh, that sort of thing. And it couldn't get anywhere. And when she tried a third time, Tomats just said, "Mm, I think we've, we've... shouldn't push that point any further, uh, because it was just a different approach they had. But he did tell me that when he does puja, you know, like meditation ceremony, that he will do it sometimes for four hours straight. What he meant was that he meditated sometimes four hours straight. Another thing is that uh, when we left, we gave a 1 million rupiah donation to their foundation. Uh, we had inquired discreetly with uh, Bhagwan, the woman priest who came with us, uh, what we should do. So that's like 70 bucks. And um, the third is that when I say I don't believe anything, I really like sitting uh and meditating and bringing that into daily life. I just do that automatically. I I have to make an effort to keep doing yoga and walking enough and exercising and eating right. But with um, sitting, I like sitting. I believe in it with my body and mind, but I don't think about it, you know? I'm not trying to do anything with it. I'm, it's always drummed out of me by Suzuki. So those are the things I wanted to add now um, for the finale. This has been a Cuke Audio podcast, A Life in Bali. I'm D.C. Puba of Cuke Audio and Cuke Archives, coming to you from sleepy Sanur, with Doggy Pandita, Feline Cuchita, and dear lovely Katrinka. And we're wishing you, and yours, and all of us, a grand awakening. <music>